Hello, so glad you're here today. Um, I'm Mary from Mary's Home Sweet Home Creations and A to Z Parent Talk. So today on A to Z Parent Talk, we're going to uh, pick up where I left off in my last video um, about elementary school age from two, uh, six year olds to 12 year olds. And um, we talked a little bit about um, homework and how we help our children uh, get organized to get that done and to help them know appropriate time on our schedules when that's going to occur and also encouraging them to do as much as they can on their own and then helping when they need it um, and for the elementary school age um, children in the younger like up till probably second third grade uh, there's less homework more homework as they get older and sometimes when they get projects that they have to do where they need materials and you will have to help more with that we talked a little about about how you can go out in the community and find things that will help them with certain um things reports or uh things that they're doing that for school like going to a museum that has to do with that topic or going to the library and finding books and videos and things and of course we have online things but getting them involved in seeking out those other sources to learn things um, to help them in their education so that as they grow up they will have an interest in those uh, museums and um, art and library and all the other things that are in your community uh, there are history uh, museums also and in some of those you can go do some research on uh, history of families of addresses in your community there's lots of ways to go about uh, learning information from history and I talked a little bit about how grandparents help that situation also because they're so knowledgeable and have lived so much longer and have been through so many different life changes in a lot of ways and so they can share some of that with uh, your children when you uh, nurture that uh, relationships and help them to um, share those things with your children um, there today where I was talking a little bit about dress codes and how your children dress and how things uh, have changed over time but that it's always been an issue almost every generation in schools and uh, certain places it can become an issue um, and that we I think I was saying something about that the girls are uh, usually the ones that get called on these things um, because boys usually wear you know pants and a t-shirt or or uh, they're not usually having clothing on that's exposing any vital parts but I did remember something uh, so I wanted to share that um, one of one of the issues that could come up for for boys and how they dress is the baggy pants situation and 
uh, underwear hanging out. And that usually, you know, probably by the time they're junior high or high school, you will uh, come across that in the schools. And a couple of the other things that um, I did remember later is um, there's uh, usually some kind of rules about what your t-shirt can say or what is appropriate and inappropriate for that and also hats uh, so if they have a saying on them or something that the school is not thinking is appropriate they may ask you to take the hat off or change your shirt put a, a sweater or a coat over the top of your shirt um, i know in some schools don't allow hats and um, some do, and some change the rules along the way. Um, and so usually it's about more about what's on those things written on there. Um, what kind of messages are they sending with the words? And if there's uh, inappropriate things on there, they might call them on that. So uh, for boys, that's usually um, some of the things that might come up for them in dress code situations. Um, so uh, once your children are moving up in in the elementary age, they uh, start to be more of the leaders of the school. I talked a little bit about that. Um, by the time they're in fourth grade, they're just right there waiting to get into the fifth grade to be uh, more of the leaders. So fifth and sixth grade are the leaders of the school. They're the, the oldest. Some don't have a sixth grade in their elementary. Uh, here they do. So um, that kind of moves everything up a little. But they do have expectations of the children who are older to set an example for the younger ones and they get more privileges in the school and then they also uh, get a lot of opportunity to go and help out in the school and different like maybe they get to go to the kindergarten first grade rooms and help when they need it or um, that type of thing or maybe there are leaders in bringing the children to an assembly or being there to help them with uh, any other activities that are going on. So the, the younger children look up to those older children and see them as leaders. And so the school does try to, to promote those students to be a good example for those little ones. And um, they usually enjoy that, they, that they, get, um, they get praise for, for what they do, but also the joy of doing something nice for uh, the other children and uh, they look up to them so it makes them feel you know more mature and uh, so those situations uh, in the elementary school uh, start to occur as as these children all start to move forward or up to that point in their elementary age group so um, i'm going to go to the uh, we talked a little bit before about giving children choices and so I wanted to kind of cover some of those things a little more extensively um, in giving your children choices um, you want to make sure that uh, it's a choice that you're willing to give so you're not going to give them a choice to wear 
uh, this dress or these pants when there's snow on the ground and you know you don't want them to be wearing a dress in the snow. Maybe you do, but if you don't, if you're trying to give them choices that um, are a choice, you might say these pants or those pants or, you know, that kind of thing in the wintertime. But if you are, um, if it, you know, you're not having that issue and it's warm enough, you might give them a choice between a dress and pants, okay? Um, but don't give them a choice that you're not really going to give them the dress to wear. So that would be uh, a, a choice that you don't want to give. Um, so the other thing is having a choice like, well, you can have this for dinner. You can have this for dinner or you can just have um a piece of bread so that choice is kind of like you want them to eat dinner but uh you're trying to discourage them from eating anything else by saying well you can have either bread um so really we want to give them choices that are um not threats, not uh, ultimatums, not, uh, you know, give them a choice that isn't really a choice. So we have to kind of think about it sometimes ahead of time. And maybe later we, we remember what we said and we're like, oh, well, this would have been better. Because all of these things are things that we have to practice over time. Sometimes we're better at it than other times, but the more we're aware of it and the more we practice it, the better we will be at doing these things with our children, but also with other people in our lives. Um, so if somebody says, if you don't leave your sister alone, I'm gonna break your neck. Well, that's a threat. It's not really a choice, okay? and it's. It's probably not realistic, hopefully, that we're just making a threat to try and manipulate the child to do what we want. So we want to try not to do that. Um, giving them an ultimatum like, I'll never talk to you again if you don't shut up. Well, shut up is not nice anyways, but then to make it a threat, um, and basically that's a threat, but also an ultimatum. So. We want to avoid those things. Um, never give choices when there aren't any. Like I said, if it's not a choice to wear a dress that day, don't give that choice. Um, if it's not a choice uh, to sit in your room and not eat dinner, then you don't want to give that choice either because it is important for your children to eat um, regularly and order to learn and to grow so hopefully we're not using our food as taking food away from children for a discipline um, because there are a lot of children that don't get food and don't have the food they need in homes and so they do get a lot of that in the schools now and so we don't want to use food as a weapon against them and a type of discipline so don't give that choice if it's not appropriate like 
and it should be about whatever's happening so if they're not wanting to put their shoes on we don't want to say uh, if you don't put your shoes on I'm throwing your shoes away and you're not going to have shoes you're going to go barefoot okay so um, that's that's not a choice really because your child has to have shoes on to go to school go to stores go to places and um, so there are other things you can do to get that behavior um, and have them make that the right choice say you know you can put your shoes on by yourself and show me what a big boy you are or mommy's gonna have to help you do it I'm gonna give you five minutes to try putting your shoes on and then if you can't do it then I will do it for you so uh, you want to give them some time also you want to give them some um, time to to think about it take the action and then you, the consequences can come if you just say put your shoes on right now or I'm doing it for you uh, you know that's not really giving them a chance to make the choice and to try putting them on um, and you could give a warning after that you know three minutes goes by and they're still not have shoes on they say okay you got two more minutes then mommy's doing it for you so those things help okay so another way that you can handle um, trying to communicate with your children in a positive way is uh, to maybe uh, have some humor sometimes that works with kids if everything's just too serious and maybe you do the what's called the fuller approach so you're telling your children to do something and uh, like eat their dinner or brush their teeth and they're not wanting to do that and so then you say okay I don't want you to eat your food I don't want you to ever brush your teeth again we're just gonna let you go uh, until your teeth are rotten and then it won't matter if you eat because you won't have any teeth left um, and so those kinds of silly things that you can say as humor can sign to break the ice but also let them know that there is something consequence to not doing these things if you don't brush your teeth or if you don't um, you won't be able to eat because you won't have teeth left uh, because it's important for your teeth to get them brushed but if you use a little humor sometimes that makes them laugh and then realize they need to do it um, takes away so much of the seriousness of the situation um, and then also the, the another one is the reverse psychology which is basically that instead of saying yes I want you to I want you to do this and this and this before we leave um, you might say um, I just want to make sure you don't do this and don't do that um, you know the children know it's it's a game when you do that and that's funny and it's just humor um, and then some people use talking objects like I've done some videos on with kids crafts where you make puppets and that's that's good for like um, bath time if you have a little hand puppet washcloths that's helpful 
um, and getting kids to wash themselves and learn how to wash themselves. Um, and they tend to respond to those kinds of things because they think it's, you know, it's fun and it's a toy. Um, instead of just a washcloth, it's an actual um, puppet that you can um, kind of say let's wash your hair and this is the way we wash our hair this way we wash our arms things like that and it's helpful um, to get them to do it themselves and teach them to do it themselves um, the other thing is um, you know taking their shoes when you're wanting them to put their shoes on maybe your that other method you're using with the choices is not working so then you take their shoes and say put me on put me on please put me on so you make a little voice and get and the shoe talks to the child i mean for the little ones that usually is fun and they 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 uh, make respond to that humor um the transition time i just talked about making sure that they have that transition time from you know preparing them to leave the house that this the you know we're going to be going so we have these things we need to get done we have this much time to do it and then say okay this is a five minute warning we are leaving in five minutes so make sure you have these things done ready and you're ready to go and so you're giving them transition time and you're giving them um some warning and same with you know picking up toys and those kinds of things you know instead of just like all immediately okay we have to eat dinner right now everyone needs to clean up these toys right now um giving them transition time to clean up the toys to prepare to get to the table for dinner to you know not make it so rushed but also preparing them for the next thing and giving them that transition time so um that's helpful for not stressing everyone out in the house including you that you give them that five minute warning that you're going to be doing this in five minutes okay um some of the other things i wanted to share with you today is um that stress is something that occurs for all people adults children um and how we handle that as adults with around our children can teach them something about that so all of these things that we're practicing with our children trying to help um them and ourselves communicate well with them and in a more positive way and is to relieve stress and to have some kind of um, organization in your household and uh, a little more peace in your household. But there can be stress in your life from work. There can be stress in your life from school. The kids could be having stress at school. Um, and there could be just stressful relationships within a family. Um, depending on who is in the family. Sometimes if there's uh, a dad that has worked a long hours and is very tired and comes home, um, it can change the environment if mom has already been home with the kids and they're in their 
um, rhythm and then dad comes in and he's still distressing from work and he he's not quite there um, so we have to take all of that in consideration that what we teach our children in our relationships and in how we handle our stress in our life and that can also include fear how we handle our fears how we handle our stress how we handle um, our relationships so those things are always being taught to your children because they watch everything you do and they hear a lot of things you may not think they're hearing so we have to be a little bit um, careful about that especially in our relationships if we're if we're needing to have a serious um, conversation with our husband we're not going to try to do that in front of your children especially depending on the subject um, but I know that sometimes that happens and so we are not aware sometimes of what we are doing we're just reacting to something or just talking because we have that moment together to share. Um, I know that one of my daughters always shares that we were always talking about money and she really is, uh, she remembers that as a bad thing and she, because she, it stressed her out. She, nana, she didn't feel like, um, even though we always, our kids were totally well provided for, she just always felt like, oh, there's just, not enough or maybe I shouldn't ask to do this or that because of money and so money is a huge one and you hear this a lot online also that what you were taught as a as a child in your family and as a, a adult or a teenager when you go to work and all of these things about the ideas we get about what money is about or what how it makes us feel what, how do we feel when we think of money? And I know it's true for me that I have a certain idea and trying to get rid of that idea and think differently about it is not easy. So if we think about what we're teaching our children in those areas all the time when they're just in our presence and we're sharing things, um, being careful about what we share to another adult in front of our children or to um you know to maybe our bosses or if the husband and wife are having intimate conversation needs to be without the children so um those are things that we have to be aware of and remembering that it's not just about us it's about them hearing everything we say and do so um, sometimes we teach our children things we don't realize we're teaching them by doing that in front of them, having these conversations in front of them, sharing things that they're maybe not even old enough to, to um, understand. So, um, so when we learn how to deal with our own stress uh, and have stress management, they will learn that also from us. And so when we sometimes have to relearn things and we have to seek out some information to teach us about things we realize we do or we learned and we don't want to teach our children that.
So um, in the stress management, um, one of the things that, you know, a household, whether it's the mother, father, grandparent, whoever's in the home, um, can help de-stress the household by being a little more organized, to have a plan, to have chore charts, to have a schedule, um, to have a place where things go and um, everyone knows where that is. Um, having times when uh, that are consistent dinner time, consistent uh, bedtime, consistent family time, um, having those things more organized for all of you and when they do their homework uh, just helps the environment altogether be more smooth and peaceful. Um, then uh, <laughs> I just lost my ideas, but that happens to me a lot lately as you get older and my uh, brain fog kicks in every once in a while here. So um, also the stress things that can happen for adults is uh, your um, time management. So even if you have your household running smoothly and everything's um, set up and organized, um, you might be saying yes to too many outside things and then your home schedule is getting disrupted and things aren't going as smoothly as they were set up to. Um, so we sometimes have to think about that. Uh, uh, how much are we extending ourselves outside of the home that could be um, creating stress at home? Um, and that's something that we probably have to work on all the time, but if it's something that becomes a real problem um, where you're not getting home for dinner every night or you're not um, able to share that family time at night with them or helping them get their homework done, um, all of those things can start to cause more stress for everyone. Um, and then um, to create a, some time for relaxing for everyone. Sometimes, you know, the children are taking naps when they're very little, but as they get older, they're not taking naps anymore. But they might need to take quiet time. Okay, so I just got a delivery. My dog went crazy. Um, so the other thing that you can do for helping relieve some of the stress in the household is uh, to change your scenery. So maybe during homework time things get stressful because you have more than one child and they both need help or they all need help. And, um, and maybe someone is more frustrated about their homework than someone else. And there's just a lot of tension going on about getting the homework done. So maybe it's a good time to change scenery and say, you know what, we're all going to take 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and we're going to go for a walk around the block, or we're going to take the dog out for a walk, or we're going to um, we're going to do a little 
exercise for 15 minutes to do whatever kind of exercise you want to do um, for 15 minutes run around uh, jump rope do aerobics uh, do whatever it is that you like to do for 15 minutes and then we'll come back and try doing our homework again and we'll try taking turns one at a time getting our homework done so that might be helpful just to change the environment for 15 minutes do whatever they needed to do to get some energy out and um, maybe even to go outside and change that environment if you're in a situation um, where you're feeling a lot of stress um, at work sometimes you can't change that environment <laughs> you're there and uh, so sometimes you can just go to your happy place and take a few minutes on your own inside your own body and head and think about your happy place where it is you love to go where you love to be and that is peaceful for you if it's a beach and the ocean or if it's being up in the woods walking on a path outside um, into the trees and looking at nature over a mountain top with a river flowing by whatever it is that you know you love a place you love to be um, a scene that you love to to look at and just take a few, little few minute breaks in your on your own without anyone even knowing you're doing it just to take a debriefer away from your work that's stressing you or situation in your workplace could be other um, workers that you work with and sometimes that will help just bring us back to where we need to be and get some of that stress off of us um, and then improve your communication skills with others can help <clears throat> take some stress away so the better we are communicating what we what we need how we're feeling um, what maybe what the plan is you need to be able to communicate what the plan is how it's going to happen what you need the other people to do all of those things make us good communicators also be good listeners if somebody's sharing with us, we should be listening to what they're saying and how they're saying it and what it is they might need from us. And maybe we didn't get the plan in our heads right. Maybe we didn't listen well. Um, I do that frequently and I know my husband does. So those are things we can work on for a long time. Okay. Um, and then also, are we are we being assertive enough or do we tend to back down when the certain person talks to us even when we have something important that we need to share with them we need to let them know but yet we're not being fully assertive about it and so they're not understanding what it is that you need to share with them so sometimes we have to just get more assertive be more able to communicate to someone that maybe intimidates us or someone that we don't love talking with sometimes we have to over 
assert ourselves to let them know what it is we're trying to get across. So um, sometimes that takes stress off because you're actually telling them what you need to tell them. And sometimes, you know, truth is better than lie. And sometimes it's hard to tell the truth uh, to someone that might take it offensively or they don't like that idea. But sometimes we have to assert ourselves to, to share it anyways. So, and in the long run, it's going to help you because you, you got it off your, off your chest and shared it. Okay, so um, I'm going to go ahead and um, stop this video now to share some more with you later about stress uh, management techniques and also about fair fighting and what that means to actually be able to have a disagreement uh, or fight and have uh, fairness in it if it's a necessary thing. So. I uh, hope you come back and uh, have a beautiful evening, morning, or afternoon whenever you see or listen to this video. And um, I'm hoping you're all going to have a beautiful uh, rest of your week and enjoy your children and your families and practice some of these skills in communicating and limiting your stress levels. Um, and just being more aware of what's going on around you and in your home and how it can become better. Bye-bye.